Hey everyone, Dr. Hanisha here. Thank you so much for joining me on my podcast, Mahan Health with Dr. Hanisha. Mahan literally translates to great in Sanskrit, and it only makes sense to have the absolute best when it comes to your health. My goal is by you listening or watching this podcast, you're getting just a little bit closer to achieving Mahan or great health yourself. This podcast is all for you, so please make sure to comment what you'd like to learn more about so I can get a guest on the show who's an expert in that field, or I might even talk about it myself. I do see patients and clients all over the world, world virtually, so make sure to book your free 15-minute phone call today to see how you can start achieving Mahan or great health yourself. All right, let's talk about the episode for today. Today's episode, I had the opportunity to interview an esteemed functional medicine colleague, Dr. Will Cole. I met him at an organic restaurant in Cleveland, and he is just a wealth of knowledge. I absolutely love and admire him. Um, he's an inspiration to me. So I'm so excited for y'all to listen to this episode. In this episode, we actually talk all about inflammation and what that really means, but we actually touch into fasting and his new book called Intuitive Fasting as well. So um, there's a lot to look forward to. So I'm, I'm excited for you all to learn more from him. So a little bit more about Dr. Will Cole himself. He is a leading functional medicine expert who consults people all around the world via web webcam, and locally in Pittsburgh. He is named one of the top 50 functional medicine and integrative doctors in the nation. He specializes in clinically investigating underlying factors of chronic disease and customizing a functional medicine approach for thyroid issues, autoimmune conditions, hormonal imbalances, digestive disorders, and brain problems. He is the best-selling author of Ketotarian and the Inflammation Spectrum. And now he has a new book coming out called Intuitive Fasting, which I already mentioned, but I'm excited to read that as well. But um, Dr. Cole, oh, he also co-hosted the popular podcast, Goodfellas, and the Keto Talk, and will be hosting the new podcast, The Art of Being Well, which launches in early early this year, so early 2021. Uh, all right. Well, Dr. Cole is, like I said, full of gems, and I'm so excited for you all to learn about inflammation and fasting from this episode. And please make sure to rate and review the podcast and let us know what you thought of this episode and reach out to Dr. Cole or myself after the show. All right. Well, I hope you all enjoy. Hello, Dr. Cole. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh my goodness. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. I'm so excited to have you. Uh, I remember when we first connected at Town Hall in Cleveland. So um, it's been such a pleasure meeting you and getting to actually read your book. I actually have um, read the book on the inflammation spectrum recently. So um, it's been, so it's an absolute honor to have you on the show. Oh my goodness. It's, it's going to be a fun conversation for sure. Yes. Thank you. I'm so excited. All right. Well, so let's get right into it. The first question I like to ask all my guests is, um, what, what is your story? You know, tell us a little bit about your journey into functional medicine, into integrative natural medicine. Like what kind of brought you here? Yeah. So I, I grew up in a home that was very, my parents were very interested in wellness. So it's not the industry that it is today, the wellness industry. It was like, we're talking about the eighties and nineties, um, growing up in, rural Pennsylvania, definitely not the epicenter of health <laughs> even today, but it was, I was a kid drinking like raw goat's milk and like organic sprouted this and adaptogenic that like, and that was normal for me. And then I found out when I went to school, it wasn't so normal. 
uh, are certainly not so common, right? And the, kind of the, a, a lesson I've learned over the course of my life is just because something's common doesn't necessarily mean it's normal. And yeah, and that's, I learned that early on with, yeah, this is not common the way that we were eating at home, but it certainly it, was, it made sense to me why. And then that evolved to me wanting to be trained in this. Uh, it wasn't just something that we did at home. I wanted to actually know the science behind it. I was fascinated by it. I was the kid in high school driving myself and spent, you know, I had a, uh, I worked at finish line, you know, the shoe store finish yes. line at the mall. And I spent my paychecks at finish line uh, going to the health food store and like buying all the foods that I thought were like really interesting and, learned about all the health benefits of, of stuff of using food as medicine. So I was that weird teenager. And then I went to school to be trained in this stuff. So I went to Southern California University of Health Sciences in Los Angeles. And then that kind of very much was targeted for me in functional medicine, not just general health and wellness and that, uh, but specifically functional medicine because Tatis Karazian had gone to my school. He was older than I was, and he is in the space of functional medicine, one of the uh, you know, leaders in the space for sure. And that's really made sense to me. It kind of really was a, a very, it resonated with me on a deep level of just the best of Western medicine, which is being evidence-based and the science of it all and the best of alternative health, which is getting to the root cause and and finding out the underlying reasons of why they're going through the problem in the first place. So that is what it was. So that then I graduated writing about functional medicine and, and health and wellness. And there would be people in different states and countries that um, would hear about what we were writing about a long time ago, 12, 13 years ago. And we started out the clinic as a telehealth clinic. So all I've done was telemedicine, telehealth, my whole career. And now today, obviously, in the day and age that we live in, it's people have had to learn to do it overnight. Um, but it's something that that's all I've ever done my whole career. So from 8am to 6pm, I'm consulting people online, talking to them about their health issues, giving them a functional medicine perspective, dropshipping labs to them, all that stuff that I love that I my day job hasn't changed in, in 12 years. It's what I do uh, 40 plus hours a week. Um, and then I write about it. So that's where the books and even me talking about these things on podcasts, all of that is secondary to my work as, as, as in, in, in clinic world uh, and me seeing patients reclaim their health and their life. That's what's primary to me. And all the rest of this stuff is just a ripple effect of that. It's an outpouring of that because me mentioned you know, inflammation spectrum, inflammation spectrum is just a manifestation of, of me seeing how functional medicine can work in people's lives and wanting people to have these functional medicine tools so they can do it on their own if they want to. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's so cool. First of all, it's so cool that you grew up this way. Uh, mm -hmm. Like you said, it definitely was not common, definitely not my, <laughs> my upbringing um, at all, but, but it's, it, it's so interesting to see or think that like, you know, I think oftentimes we think that rural areas are not really epicenters of health, but oftentimes people in rural areas can get more access to like raw goat's milk or raw cow's milk or, you know, yeah, some of these the things that, yeah, in the city, it really is really difficult to get or impossible because the milk will go bad by the time it gets here. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, it doesn't, it doesn't fully make sense. So that's really cool. And then also I love Dr. Karazian. Uh, I'm 
he's also one of my mentors. He was one of our professors at Bastyr as well. And so I absolutely love him. And I love that we all <laughs> were learning from him. Yeah, he's such a smart guy. Such he a is. smart guy. He's amazing. Um, hopefully I can get him on the show at some point too. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, all right, getting into the meat of the topic. Um, let's, okay, so I feel like everyone talks about inflammation now. Uh, and we talk about how we're a chronically inflamed society and there's just so much inflammation around, but what exactly is inflammation and what is happening in our bodies when we do have inflammation in our bodies? Well, inf inflammation is, you're right, it's quite a, a nebulous term, I think, for many people because they kind of kind of know what it is, but yeah. they don't really know for but sure. Like they, yeah. they know it's like not good, right? <laughs> but yeah. they don't know, they don't know why it's not good or what it actually means in a real life way. Yeah. Um, well, inflammation on, on its you know, basis just inherently is not a bad thing. It is a product of the immune system. It fights viruses. It fights bacteria. It's a part of our innate healthy immune response, which we would all be goners without healthy modulated immune responses and inflammatory responses in the body. The problem is when inflammation is thrown out of balance. So when we are throwing that word around inflammation flippantly in the health space, what we're typically referring to as chronic inflammation, uh, chronic inflammation is sort of this forest fire burning in perpetuity. That is the problem. That is when things go awry in the human body. So chronic inflammation is associated with just about every health problem under the sun. I mean, from cancer, diabetes, heart disease, autoimmune conditions to, I talk about this in the book, but the, the, the whole uh, epidemic of, of mental health issues. We like to separate mental health from physical health, but in reality, mental health is physical health. Our brain is part of our body and we cannot separate it. It is not immune privilege. Like that was the old thought of it in the research that the brain was immune privilege, that inflammation didn't impact the brain, that it was yeah, impacted everywhere else, but not the brain. But now we know the brain has its own immune system, the glial cells and the microglial cells can act imbalance just like everywhere else inflammation imbalance can help prune things up clean things up protect things that's what the microglial cells do in the brain but thrown out of balance the microglial cells act like an assassin impacting the brain creating a, a cascade of neuroinflammatory problems and that is linked to a whole host of different mental health issues from anxiety to depression and fatigue and brain fog and ADD and ADHD and autism, the list goes on and on and on. The whole cytokine model of cognitive function, basically cytokines for people that don't know, they're pro-inflammatory cells. So it's research looking at how inflammation is impacting how our brains work, how inflammation is impacting mental health. So this is the things that I'm exploring in the inflammation spectrum because inflammation exists on a spectrum from mild symptoms like low-grade anxiety, maybe some low-grade fatigue, maybe some digestive problems, maybe some weight loss resistance, trouble losing weight on one end of the inflammation spectrum, all the way to the other end of the inflammation spectrum, which is the overt, obvious autoimmune disease or panic disorder or metabolic order, disorder, hormonal problem, whatever the case may be, and then everything in between. So the inflammation spectrum in the book is just an exploration of that, of how inflammation exists on a continuum and then the far-reaching implications of that. So the book starts off with a quiz that I, again, adapted from questions that I asked patients online and made it more user-friendly. And then there's seven main sections on the inflammation spectrum, the way that I see it. But 
I had a friend that I go to church with. He, I said, I see this thing in my brain, but I can't draw. I'm not an artist. Can you make it look pretty for the book? So my friend Michael made it nice. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell Michael you said thanks. But the, the seven main sections is the gut, the brain, and then the connection between the two, the endocrine system, the blood sugar regulatory system, the detoxification system, the musculoskeletal system, then autoimmunity as a separate entity. And then the eighth is the interconnectedness of the seven, what I call polyinflammation inflammation in more than one area. So that is what the inflammation spectrum is from the center of it is optimal wellness all the way to this gradient out of this, you know, problems. And this is the heart of what I do. And I want wanted people to have agency over their health instead of feeling like, oh, this is normal or I'm just fatigued or oh, I just have these inflammatory symptoms and not realizing that again, just because something's common doesn't mean it's normal. And people need to realize that lesson that I learned as a kid for themselves. And many people just don't know because there's so much misinformation out there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the number of people, like you said, who are just like, oh, I'm just, I'm just tired all the time. That's just my normal. And I'm like, mm -hmm. no, that's not normal. <laughs> we should not be tired all the time. Or mm -hmm. it's just like, yeah, um, I, I really love how you bring up mental health and how that is, that is so often due to inflammation because mm -hmm. brain health is mental health and our brain health is obviously associated with the rest of our physical body as well. And mm -hmm. so um, there is this disconnect now that I feel within our culture where we're uh, destigmatizing mental health, but we're not addressing the whole picture. We're really just addressing like the therapy side of it, which has enormous benefits and I think is extremely helpful, but without addressing mm -hmm. the physical body and the, the potential inflammation um, that's leading to these mental health issues, we're really not going to solve the problem. Not at all. No, I agree with you. I think it's good that we're destigmatizing it, but we need to have a bigger conversation around it. I agree totally. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I love that you talk about it as a spectrum, right? So, um, you know, acute inflammation, if you have an injury or something that could be good, like, right, that's what helps protect us. Um, but then it's a problem, like you said, when it becomes chronic and, um, and that's where the whole slew of chronic mm -hmm. diseases can really stem from. So, so yeah, so one of the things that I did want to talk about, so I, I appreciate you talking about the microglial um, uh, cell activation um, leading to that brain inflammation or neuroinflammation, uh, but can you tell us a little bit about like the NF-kappa-beta pathway and what kind of leads to that point of um, inflammation? Yeah, I mean, when you look at all of these pathways that are upregulated in people, uh, it's things like NF-kappa B and the COX-2 pathway and the NLRP3 inflammasome, these are things that research talks a lot about. You look at pretty much any inflammatory health problem under the sun, all the things that I mentioned, autoimmune conditions, mental health issues, diabetes issues, metabolic problems, weight loss resistance, you're going to find things like NF-kappa B and the NLRP3 inflammasome and these pathways that are super high in people that are too high for too long. And that's throwing off the body's homeostasis. It's throwing off the bodies that I talk about in the book is the Goldilocks principle. You know, not too high, not too low, but just right. And that is too high for too long. That is a problem. So what a lot of what we do in functional medicine, a lot of what I talk about in the book is ways to attenuate those pro-inflammatory cytokine activity, to downregulate that, uh, to balance that. Um, so 
that is, uh, I, I show all the research of the different foods to focus on, the different natural medicines, the different lifestyle changes for people to have tools in their toolbox. And based on that quiz score that I talked about in the book, we have the quiz. If people don't want to get the book, it's just, we have the quiz for free at drwillcole.com so they can kind of see where they're at on the inflammation spectrum. But the, um, the, I, after they take the quiz, there's a toolbox or just different things that we use in functional medicine based on the quiz score. So they can, again, have these tools that if, if they don't have a functional medicine doctor, let's just say they're not ready for it or they're just like learning about this or they want to do it on their own, which is fantastic. Uh, I mean, that's what I want for anybody is to, even if they use a, have a functional medicine doctor at the beginning is to ultimately get tools for themselves and feel better so they can do it on their own. That's the goal. That's the point of what we're doing is not just to have a patient forever, but actually get them better and then educate them on their body, what their body loves and what that, what it doesn't. So just things like NF kappa B, it's just really uh, getting those inflammatory pathways balanced. Uh, and for some people we find that we can get them really good and really healthy, um, but they don't have much wiggle room. So a lot of times people with autoimmunity is that you can get them really good. You can get them in remission or close to remission through lifestyle changes, li lifestyle changes. And this again, it doesn't happen overnight. We're talking about months, years for people uh, that are dealing with autoimmunity, people that are further down that inflammation spectrum, but that's most of my patients. We can get them really healthy, feeling great, but they don't have the wiggle room that some other people have. So the analogy that I use a lot is if someone has like a, a mug or a glass, a lot of times people with autoimmunity and people that have these reactions and people, a lot of food sensitivities and uh, gut issues, GI, GI issues, they have smaller mugs, so to speak. And they're gonna, that's your genetic tolerance for stressors. And what we put in our mug is the stressors. And a lot of times we, we what we can do is empty that mug out, but their mug's never going to be a different size. You can't change your mug size. You can't change your genetic tolerance to stressors. But things like NF-kappa B, even if you empty all those inflammatory processes out and things that are driving up NF-kappa B, uh, they're not going to get away with like living the standard Western life. They're just, they're, their cup's going to overflow again pretty easily. But by knowing what your body loves and what your body hates, by having agency and kind of discernment on what works for you and what doesn't, it's a place of freedom. It's a place, a place of what I refer to as food peace where they know, you know, if I, if I do this, it's going to make me feel bad, but they have the knowledge of what their body, that's like a roadmap for your own body, a, a, a user manual for your own body. But that's what they're, they're learning through either being with us in functional medicine or just learning it through the system in the book. Uh, they can know what works for their body. Yeah, definitely. Like, you feel empowered as a patient that you know what can support you and what might hurt you, right? And um, I actually have uh, Hashimoto's, so autoimmune condition, and so I, I very much can empathize and relate mm -hmm. to all of those people in those in that situation with the smaller yeah. mug because um, that is something that I, I've noticed for myself. If I go just slightly off track a little, it's like flare up, right? Um, and so I do have to be a lot more mindful and manage uh, my lifestyle. And, and it's not just about the diet either. So I appreciate mm -hmm. you talking about lifestyle too. Like I do have to, you know, be very mindful of meditating daily and like doing all my self-care mm -hmm. things that help support my health and stress levels and keep them under mm -hmm. control because that can also lead to flares. And, um, and 
for me at this point, I do feel empowered enough. And I'm, I, I actually did take your quiz and I was very proud of myself, but I feel like I should, I, you know, I, I do, it, it, I guess it just reveals that I practice what I preach at least <laughs> because my inflammation good. level scores were low. So awesome. I was like, oh, good. Um, I'm on awesome. the right track for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, of course, at least that means that I do practice what I preach. And um, yes, that is definitely so important for me. And like I said, with the autoimmunity, it, it becomes even more imperative for me to practice yeah. that. Absolutely. I, it's interesting that because I'm used to managing a case and like quantifying these things on labs and doing all these things for patients and like walking them through that. But I'm not so used to the book. I mean, the book's been out a couple months or so. I guess it's coming on, you know, it's coming, it's been out for a while. And my first book, Ketotarian, has been out for a while too. It's new, it's new to me still to like see on social media, people like will tag me and things of like their quiz score before and after they do these things on their own, like without me, like yeah. watching them like a them. hawk. Yeah. yeah. And like micromanaging everything. But um, it's cool to see, it's cool to see it. Uh, these yeah. principles without a practitioner, without a doctor involved, people doing things on their own. And there's a time and place for someone like us. Like even if someone goes and take these tools, they're not replacing functional medicine because that's when labs come in and digging deeper. And I say this, this is the last couple of chapters in the book is like, okay, maybe you're like 50% better or 70% better. Maybe you're 90% better, but there's these missing pieces where you've done all the things that we talk about. And then you know this, but like clinically there's so many variables to consider that you can't fit in a book. So we look talk about histamine intolerance and salicylate and oxalate and FODMAP issues and mold issues and Lyme issues and co-infections and heavy metal issues. I mean, the list goes on and on and on that you can't look at all those variables in a book. So that's where a functional medicine practitioner comes in and we can drop ship labs to them or whatever they need and like take it to the next level. That's where most of my patients are at. They've done all the things where they've read, whether they read inflammation spectrum or not, they are well-read people, erudite people that are just super amazing at being their own health advocates. They know more than most doctors do about their health, but they're stuck at these plateaus where then we can kind of target what's missing here. Let's give it an outside perspective. And that's what I really, really, really love. These like complicated cases, but they're so rewarding when you start solving these puzzles. So anyways, I could geek out about that forever, but I love it. Yeah, definitely. Me too. And I feel like those of us in this field really do love the more complicated cases. And like, like you said, so many of our patients like actually have done all the right things, are doing all the right mm -hmm. things, especially when it comes to their diet. And yeah. um, I mean, so many of my patients, I'm like, well, your diet might even be better than mine, right? Like it's, it's impeccable, but like, there's clearly another issue, something underlying going on. And so, um, so yeah, and like you said, a book can address that, but, um, but in terms of what, I mean, I guess going into a little bit more detail on what can make inflammation worse, I feel like a lot of my listeners and a lot of your listeners probably already know this, but what are certain things that can make inflammation or chronic inflammation worse? Um, and then what are some things that can help improve inflammation that we can start to incorporate in our lives today if we're not already doing it? So the book starts off with the if people that scored lower on the quiz it is uh, they have the core four track. So that's the track that's simpler, but still a good intervention in calming inflammation. So that's avoiding four foods for four weeks or core four. That's going to be grains, added sugar, 
industrial seed oils like vegetable oil, canola oil, high omega-6 industrial seed oils, and dairy. So that's going to be core four, four foods for four weeks. And it's just a systematic uh, elimination diet approach, which is still the gold standard in clinical nutrition and functional medicine. But I teach how to reintroduce it because elimination diets, like they, everyone has the elimination diet part down but they don't have the reintroduction part to see what your body loves and what your body hates and we're all different and some people can handle some grains some people can handle some dairy some people can handle some sugar god forbid but some people can handle these things and there's no like negative things on their labs they're feeling great their energy's great their digestion's great whatever i mean everybody's different this is the heart of the book this is heart the heart of functional medicine bioindividuality and i don't want to make too many broad sweeping overgeneralized extremist tribalist statements because it's not going to do me any good. It's not going to do patients any good. It's not going to do the podcast listener any good because there's so much conflicting information online. I want people to find out what their body loves and what their body hates because if I hung my hat in one way for everybody, I'd be proven wrong all day long consulting patients online. So the eliminate track is a little bit more advanced track. It's the core four plus four or more or eight foods, eliminate uh, and it's for eight weeks. Uh, so it works out really nicely. <laughs> if you need a play on words, guys, I'm your guy. I'm your, I'm totally down for that. I made I up ketotarian it. and all this other crazy made up words. But the, uh, the core four plus four more, it's uh, adding in nightshades, nuts, nice nuts and seeds, legumes, and eggs. You know, this for, for people that don't know, like the albumin in the egg white, the casein and the dairy, the alkaloids and the nightshades, the lectins and the phytic acids and nuts and seeds and legumes. Those are proteins that are plant proteins and animal proteins that can be irritating to the immune system for some people. And then some people do fine on them. So I want people to find out what their body loves and they may find they do fine with six of those foods, but not with two, or then maybe they do fine with two and not with six. I mean, whatever the case may be, they're going to be able to find out what works for their body. And because of microbiome imbalances or intestinal permeability or leaky gut syndrome or whatever the case may be, different methylation impairments, different uh, endocannabinoid gene variants. Uh, we talk about these different genetic polymorphisms that can make people more sensitive to certain food reactions and other people are fine with it. There's so many genetic and epigenetic variables to consider with this. And we have to start emptying that mug out over the course of these four or eight weeks based on that quiz score. So that's what it is. But it's not just about foods. The toolbox is different things to focus on based on the quiz score, different protocols to bring in. And then it's all the non-food inflamers too. So this is a, diff a definitely uh, what makes this elimination diet approach in the book different than other ones is that we're not just talking about foods. We're talking about all these other things because it's not just about what you feed your body, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's about what you're feeding your head and your heart. And things, you could be eating super clean, but serving your body a big slice of junk food stress every day, which is gonna raise inflammation just like that piece of cake. And, and people have to realize that that stuff impacts your physiology. And that is this bi-directional relationship between our thoughts and emotions and our physiology. Again, this mental health, physical health connection, it's really one and the same that all of these things that impact our life externally really impact the internal. So that is um, things that I want people to start cleaning up as well. It's a little bit more, uh, you know, less clean cut. Like if you're saying cut these foods out for X amount of weeks and then we'll reintroduce it. That's a lot easier to do than like, how do you cut out negative thoughts? Uh, we start cultivating mindfulness practices and 
awareness, raising awareness over the course of the four to eight weeks, because, and that, that will move the needle pretty significantly as people start bringing, cultivating these acts of stillness and mindfulness into their life. But ultimately that's going to be a work, a job for people to continue that beyond those four or eight weeks. But there, it's super important. Dealing with past traumas, dealing with past things that you've gone through, stressors, toxic relationships, unhealthy job, you know, relationships, all of these things impact inflammation levels too. It's not just about your meals. Yeah, definitely. Your mindset is everything, right? And yeah, you definitely can't fully shift your mindset within four to eight weeks. Like it takes way longer than that. And so it's yeah. a constant practice. And um, I'm glad that you brought up that that can also exacerbate inflammation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Too, and and stress too. Sorry. Yeah. And, and stress not only on by itself increases inflammation and trauma increases inflammation and in the way that the body keeps the inflammatory cascades going in states of trauma. But when you're in that state, you also have cravings and go for things that aren't healthy for you too. So that actually damages you doubly. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And that's a great point. Um, one of the things that I always talk about is mindfulness around your cravings, right? So whether you're craving sugar or you just want a glass of wine or something, just because you're feeling stressed, becoming more mindful of like, mm -hmm. why do I want this right now? Is it because I'm, you know, within a community and like, like it's a social gathering or is it because I'm feeling stressed and exhausted and burnt out? And um, mm -hmm. if it's that, then taking a step back and kind of reevaluating and, and yeah. just yeah, just reevaluating like whether you actually need that or not. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that. And then I know that you talk a lot about fasting and, um, and the, you know, and today I think more and more research is coming out and more and more people are constantly talking about the benefits of fasting. So can we talk a little bit about fasting and what, like, what, what kind of fasting that you usually like to talk about in terms mm -hmm. of helping reduce inflammation? Sure. And I, um, it's, you're one of the first podcasts that I'm talking about this. So I'm really like pumped about this. Mm -hmm. I, I, I talked to you months ago about being on your show and I was like, Hey, I, I'm writing a book. I'm like my bandwidth with seeing patients 10 hours a day, plus writing a book. Like I could, like, I just needed to focus on this. Um, but so thanks for giving me the patience for that. But the, um, I, I really wanted a deep dive conversation because I talked about intermittent fasting in ketotarian in my first book, I talked about intermittent fasting in the inflammation spectrum, but I wanted to have a deep dive conversation on it. And again, this is born out of my clinical practice and seeing how to use this amazing tool, but in a way that made sense for everybody. So the book's called Intuitive Fasting. I'm so pumped about this. Oh my gosh. All right. So this title it, already. <laughs> thank you. So it's the goal of it is to really build intuition. And it's counterintuitive to like how could fasting like be intuitive? Well, when you're in a state of imbalance in the body, when you're metabolically inflexible and you're hangry and you're irritable and you're fatigued and you have all this stuff, anxiousness going on in your body it's hard to hear your intuition because it, is it intuition or hangriness is it intuition or hormone imbalance is it intuition or blood sugar roller coaster right. but when you calm the noise in your body physiologically speaking when you bring balance and you lower inflammation in the body you can start hearing the still small voice of your intuition and you know 
what your body loves and what your body hates. So we did that a bit in the inflammation spectrum using those practices, but I wanted people to pick up this tool of intermittent fasting, but use it as a way to gain intuition. And eventually when they gain metabolic flexibility to be able to to fast intuitively and eat intuitively. So the way that I do it in the book, uh, and the book comes out in February, February uh, 23rd at this point, um, 2021, but it's on pre-order by the time people are listening to this, it'll be on pre-order on Amazon, um, intuitive fasting. So it's a four week plan that is born out of my clinical experience of macro variability and fasting variability. So it's not just like one fasting for everybody. And we take people from lighter fasting, time-restricted feeding windows to deeper fasts. And then we marry that with a ketogenic diet, which I talked about in Ketotarian. It's a mostly plant-based, clean ketogenic diet. So this is kind of Ketotarian part two for people because it can and marries the benefits of the Ketotarian diet with fasting, which they're really so similar because a clean ketogenic diet mostly plant-based clean ketogenic diet is fasting mimicking, meaning that it has a lot of the same benefits of fasting. Because if you look at the studies on what they both do, they both increase ketosis, intermittent fasting does, and the ketogenic diet do. So I really wanted to bring them both together in intuitive fasting and leverage the benefits of it. So that allows them to use food as medicine to increase ketosis and then intermittent fast to gain ketosis because beta hydroxybutyrate, the ketone that our body endogenously naturally makes is not just a way to fat, which is certainly it is, but it's an epigenetic modulator, meaning it does really cool things for our health. One of them is it lowers the NF-kappa B, that pro-inflammatory cytokine that you talked about. And these other enzymes are starting to downregulating them and it increases autophagy or cellular recycling and increasing stem cells and BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor for our brain. I mean, this mitochondrial biogenesis. I can go on and on and on about the amazing benefits of intermittent fasting and a clean ketogenic diet, but it's a tool to use intuitively. So we talk about a cyclical ketotarian approach with cyclical variable uh, fasting windows to maintain metabolic flexibility. Because the problem is, so many people are in that inflammatory zone. There's higher inflammation. So we're using these tools to lower inflammation, to lower uh, oxidative stress, to lower problems in the body, lower overgrowth in the gut, I mean, whatever we're talking about. But then what happens is if you go to those awesome place of really getting lower for too long, then, the, then that's not good either. It's about balance, that Goldilocks principle that I talked about earlier. And that's where I think a macro variation and fasting variation is actually really important. There's a time to fast and a time to feast. And I want people to tap into that innate, ancient primordial metabolic flexibility that many people are a lot have lost. So I'm super pumped about it. And yeah, I, I can I can go on and on, but that's yeah. that, that those are the those are the things we're talking about in the next book. Definitely. I mean, first of all, I, I mean, I love your enthusiasm because it clearly shows like how, how passionate you are. And I absolutely love that. Oh um, second of all, like I said, I love the title and I love the whole concept of it because I do think that there's a lot of um, with intermittent fasting and fasting within the culture. I feel like there's a lot of like pressure on like, this is what you should be doing. Yes. And um, I love the way you put it. It's like, it's about taking out the noise 
of like all that inflammation or whatever, whether it's hormonal imbalances, taking out that noise, being able to like actually truly listen to yourself and your body and what it actually needs and what you need um, in mind, body and spirit. So I love that so much. That's so cool. Um, I will say like uh, for myself personally, when I started um, this healing journey, I actually had lower blood sugar levels. And so, um, and I would fast all the time because I thought it was healthy, um, but it was more of like this, like trying to, you know, maintain some, or I was trying to compete in some ways and um, trying not to gain weight. And, you know, it was just like an unhealthy mindset around mm -hmm. fasting. And then I realized that I actually should be eating more during that time <laughs> because my blood sugar was so low and I was, I was always hangry. At any time I didn't have food, I would yeah. be, you know, you didn't want to be yeah. around me. <laughs> <laughs> you have to watch out for that, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And then what's fascinating, this is about fast forward six years now, um, seven, almost seven years um, since I started that, my, my own personal healing journey. Um, now I intermittent fast without even thinking about it right? Like, it's not like a, I'm not trying it. I'm just eating when I'm hungry. I'm, you know, and it ends up like, if I really were to map it out, it really is. I'm fasting about 14 to 16 hours and then like uh, overnight. And then I have at least four to six hours between meals, you know, like, and it's just like yeah. a very different um, way that I, I practice. And it's, it's just so intuit intuitive. And I love that that's, that's where you're trying to bring people to, uh, mm -hmm. because that's where I think yeah. we should be. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. That's so cool. I'm very excited about your book. Um, and I'm excited to be the first podcast that you talk about it. Yes, on. it is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought, I mean, that publishers it was going to come out in March and then they, we moved it to February, but I'm like, Oh, I'm up for it. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, um, again, it's, it's things that I talk about with my patients all the time, but it's really cool to like write about it and like get it out of my brain and like put it in words. And I love writing about this stuff. So I'm really excited for it. Definitely. Awesome. Well, um, before we move on to the rapid fire questions, uh, do you have anything else that you would like to add on this topic or any other resources you recommend uh, beyond your three books that we're talking about? Well, um, no, I, 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 we have a lot of free content at drwillcole.com. So if people want to like, just learn and geek out about it a little bit, we have all these quizzes that we adapted from questionnaires that we ask patients. So there's a lot of free, I mean, not to only plug my stuff, but it's just, you know, that's all I really pay attention to, I guess. So, so. <laughs> yeah. And also I love um, your recent Instagram reels. You have some good, I'm, I'm going to make that London fog. Um, yes. I'm going to make that so, soon. Yes, the Ketotarian London Fog. Yeah. That came because my team, like I, I'll, um, this just shows the balance here. Like we, I, 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 on a random day, I'll be like, hey, I'll give them my cell phone and I'll say like, you, if you, everybody let's order like something from Starbucks and I get like a black tea or Earl Grey tea or something like that. But they all like, they get the, the London Fog sometimes. Or like these things that aren't the healthiest. And I, I'm like, I can make this healthy guys. I, oh, let me show you how to do London Fog or the pumpkin spice latte healthy. <laughs> Uh, it's very easy. It, very it really easy. is. I actually made a something similar to a pumpkin spice latte the other day, um, but I don't do coffee. And so, um, so I use like this um, dandy blend, which was like a dandelion chicory root blend. Um, yes. what, that, what brand, what company is it? Oh, I have the, no the, idea. It's called Dandy Blend. Oh, okay. 
I don't know. A friend of mine has a company called Ticino and it's really good. Yeah, Ticino is amazing too. Yeah, yeah, that's another one that I've used in the past. I think the Dandy Blend is actually a local Columbus. Oh, cool. Uh, that's good. Support yeah, local. And good idea. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure it's a local business um, because I got it from a local cafe. But mm. yeah, it's absolutely amazing. I can't do coffee at all. I definitely, um, <laughs> I, I get all sorts of symptoms with it. Um, and so this gives me like the feel of the taste of coffee and I love yeah. it. And so I made like a pumpkin spice latte with that Very and nice. it was so good. Yeah, um, but I definitely awesome. want to try your London Fog soon as well but um yeah so definitely follow him on instagram he's got a lot of good stuff on there too uh, <laughs> all right so let's move on uh, get, getting to the rapid fire questions so the first question that i like to ask all of my guests um so this podcast is called Mahan Health. Mahan means great or optimal um, or the absolute best. And so um, the podcast, the goal is to help people achieve optimal health. And so I ask all my guests, what does Mahan Health mean to you? Hmm. Hmm. Well, I think that an ethos of what we do in the clinic it's like a mantra here is you can't heal a body you hate is that all the clinical nutrition stuff, all the stuff that we talk about macros and fasting and the science of it all. I, I love that stuff. And I want to implement in people's lives in a way that's sustainable and practical and regenerative to their souls. But all of that is secondary to your head and your heart space. Cause I like a lot of times people come to things like fasting or the ketogenic diet or any way of eating, use, using food as medicine with a sense of dread and dogma and arduous sort of energy. And that is the antithesis of what my heart is with this. It's my antithesis of sustainable wellness at large. So I, I think that that's what that means to me is that that's what ultimate the ultimate health looks like it's a sustainable health born out of self-respect oh i love that that's so cool um well thank you for sharing so the next two questions that i have um they could be related they could be you know the same exact answer or they could be completely different um but the two questions i'm going to ask them together uh what was the most difficult health change for you to make personally and what are you still working on hmm. what's the diff most difficult health change for me to make personally yeah. So in general, like oh, what was yeah. the most and difficult health change for you to make and what is something that you're currently working on? Oh, it's so easy for me. So it's, <laughs> this is like, cause it's so easy cause it's so difficult. And I just know that I'm like always working on it. It's, it's a, a worrying about the future and having anxiety of anxious thoughts. Um, talk about the bi-directional relationship between thoughts and emotions and physiology. It impacts me tremendously. I've talked about this at length. I'm light years better than I once was, but uh, I ultimately, I have a double MTHFR gene variant. I have autoimmune conditions on both sides of my family. I can talk about that, all the methylation gene variants that I have and all the different things that I have been implementing functional medicine in my own life first and foremost. This is not just some clinical pontification. This is something that I do in my own life. But um, I have to stay at it. My mug is smaller than than someone else's mug without autoimmunity in their family. That they we have to be extra vigilant for ourselves. Uh, so self care in that way, and I don't mean it in the fluffy, you know, vapid Instagram way. I mean actually like what are the things I'm integrating in my life, whether that be healthy boundaries, whether that's going to bed on time, whether that's not be answering emails at 11 p.m. at night, which I do way too much it's like all that stuff is yeah. like 
that is important and uh, I need, uh, I, it's the hardest thing for me to do and it's the thing I'm still working on. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, definitely got to set those boundaries. It's, it's funny because I've become super, um, super good with setting those boundaries, especially things like with email because I'm like, I'm not getting on and I'm not responding to anyone after 7 p.m. Um, that's the latest I'll respond. That's good. And I don't look at anything until at least 10 a.m. Um, because oh. I, I give myself the morning. And so I, now I've, and, and it's funny because now if people do email me after that point, I'm like, oh, what are you doing? To, like, are you not setting boundaries for yourself? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so funny. I want to help them. Yeah. Hey, that's me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, well, we'll, we'll work on that for sure. <laughs> All right. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Well, the last question I have for you is if you could have a commercial about anything, what would it be about and why? Like a PSA on health. Mm. Yeah, a topic? Yeah, I mean, it's like kind of the way I see this is what message would you like the world to get from you? Mm. Well, I mean, I think a lot of what I do is that is the ethos of you cannot shame your way into wellness. You cannot heal your body. You cannot heal a body you hate. So I think that is definitely the core ethos of what I do. But I'm so geeked out about this intuitive fasting and the impact it's going to have on people's lives. So I really want people to take that ethos into this concept of finding balance in their body using the tool of intermittent fasting so they can hear their intuition once more or maybe for the first time in their life because so, there's so much inflammation and imbalance and reactivity going in people's body there's so much noise outside too and i think that the, in a world dripping in imbalance and excess we need to find our center again on uh, uh, outside and internally as well yeah, definitely. I really, I really do love what you say where you cannot heal a body that, that you hate. Right. Um, mm -hmm. and I think that is so powerful because that, you know, that is combining the concept of self love with medicine, which mm -hmm. I feel like has never been really considered connected until now mm -hmm. with, uh, mm -hmm. well, I think it was initially at some point um, yeah. within indigenous cultures and stuff like that. Yeah. But in our conventional world, I think it's it's now becoming a thing. And I really do appreciate that, that we're combining self-love with medicine because that is medicine. Yeah, it is. It is. We are rebirth. It's a rebirth of what's always been there, but we've lost it for, for a few millennia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad it's coming back, though. Mm -hmm. But... All right. Well, um, that's all the time we have today. I appreciate you coming on so much. Um, was there anything else that you'd like to share? Or um, I think we already talked about some of the marketing places where people can find you. Was there anything else that you would like to let the people know before I let you go? No, I really appreciate you having me on. They could check all this information that I do on drwillcole.com and Intuitive Fasting is on pre-order now on Amazon. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate it.
I hope you all enjoyed that episode with Dr. Cole and now have a better understanding of what people are talking about when they're talking about having inflammation in your body. I know there's so many things out there about inflammation, but what is it really? And I hope that you finally have a better understanding of what that actually means. And I will have Dr. Cole's information in the show notes below. So remember um, to check all that out and make sure to check out his new book, Intuitive Fasting. You can pre-order it right now. And I am honestly truly so excited about this book because so many proposals of fasting out there just don't take into consideration certain contraindications of when fasting may be more harmful than beneficial. But Dr. Cole takes all of that into consideration and helps you understand if fasting is right for you and when it does become right for you. And that's what I appreciate about him and his new book. So I love this and I'm excited for you all to check it out as well. But that is all I got for you all today. Wishing you all Mahan health and sending you all so much love. I will see you next time.